This is your official invitation to an event, a happening, a movement, lines of love and unity to celebrate beauty and diversity. Thursday, July 30th, 2020, your local time zone from 12.05 p.m. to 12.35 p.m. Get more information on the Facebook page and the Facebook event and the Facebook group, Lines of Love and Unity to Celebrate Beauty and Diversity. See you there. Welcome to Terrific Tips for Business, where we help you catch the ideas that stick. The point of the podcast is to help you overcome hurdles so you can master your business. I'm your host, Terry Watkins, owner and chief idea catcher at SpinFrogs Consulting, where I work with small business owners to find the pitfalls in their marketing and lift them to success. Let's get to the show. Good afternoon. I'm Terry, your chief idea catcher at SpinFrogs, and thank you for tuning in to another Terrific Tips for Business podcast. Today we have Dontavious Thomas with us, and I don't know about you, but that sounds a lot like I'm introducing somebody from the Three Musketeers, Dontavious. It is so fun. I love your name. Um, Thank you. <laughs> Dontavious, let me tell you a little bit about Dontavious. I've met him very recently, and he has a passion for really helping small business owners save some money on their expenses. Uh, on their phone expenses, on their IT expenses, on their waste removal expenses, um, for those of you that have waste that you need to have removed. Um, but aside that, he's a very passionate man. He has a, a young family. They've recently just moved into a new home, which is really exciting. So let me tell you a little bit about Dontavious. He was tricked into joining the army by his mom, which I'm sure is a fascinating story. And he served for the U.S. Army from 2009 to 2015. For those of you that don't know what happened during that time, we had 9-11 happen right in the middle of his time in the Army. So he did serve with one deployment in 2012, and then he medically retired. He went to school with a focus in IT technology, and then he landed a job but decided he really wanted some more from life and really wanted to have the ability to create wealth for his family in his future. And that's when he found his franchise that he brought on board and he's never looked back since then. And so I want to thank you for joining me today, Dontavious. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you for the wonderful introduction. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So I want to hear just a little bit about that story. How did you get tricked into joining the army? <laughs> Well, growing up, I always wanted a motorcycle as, as a little kid, and my mom was always like, no, 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 you're not going to get one. She never would let me get one. And uh, so by the time I graduated high school, I wasn't really doing anything with my life. I wasn't going anywhere. I wasn't ambitious, just kind of sat home playing video games. And uh, so she wanted to motivate me, and her boyfriend at the time was uh, in a motorcycle club, and he was the president. And uh, so... They concocted the idea, hey, let's get them down to uh, get down, you know, get them down to the recruiter's office. I got a friend that's in a recruiter's office and uh, get them to talk to him and see, you know, where, where everything goes. 
And those recruiters are really good at their job. So, you know, I, I go down there and I'm like, all right. So they, they tell me, hey, if you go just talk to him, we'll get your motorcycle. So cool. You know, I, I go and I go down and talk to him. And before I know it, yeah, just sign one paper, sign one paper, take the test. And next you know, I'm, I'm in. I, I didn't realize it happened so fast. I picked my job and I have my job. And, oh, by the way, you leave in February. I signed up around December time frame and oh you leave in february for boot camp basic training like, huh what wow okay all right well i guess guess we're live so I, I go back to mom hey guess what i signed up now you know when do i get my motorcycle and she just burst out laughing she calls her boyfriend she's like you won't believe it he actually signed up <laughs> so they they both were shocked and i you know i never got the motorcycle to this day but uh <sighs> We make jokes about it. I, I eventually did get my own motorcycle after, and uh, but uh, yeah, I never got got the one from her. But uh, it's a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> it was a nice kick in the butt. I appreciate it. I needed it. Well, good. It gave you some direction. It gave you some uh, idea of what to do with your life. I know that mm -hmm. period of time can be pretty aimless for some people. It was for me. I mean, I know I went to college. I went to community college, and. Uh, was there and I switched my degree like three times in two years and then at the end of the third switch decided I didn't really want to do any of that anymore and I dropped out straight just dropped out I'm like I'm done with all of this and I'm just gonna go to work and wow. I went to work and hated working for everybody else and decided that I needed to change the way business was done and damn it I'm gonna change the way business is done and I went back to school and here we are, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, several years later now, and I'm, I still haven't changed the way business is done, but I feel like I am helping people. That's right. That That's what matters. That That's what matters most. You know, yeah, I did. I did go off to college one year before that and I came back home and didn't go back. <laughs> so it was a waste, but I know it, 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 it definitely is uh, the little things help, you know, if you can help build your community, um just one person one business at a time it, it goes a long way um yeah, absolutely I, I think of it that way yeah so what's something that you're doing in your community to help bring the ties together i know right now that we're recording this it's a little challenging time mm -hmm. so what's something that you're doing that to help bring people together i do every well one i'm in a couple service groups i'm, I'm in kiwanis um that is an awesome group i love being a part of that group um Another another group I'm in, and forgive me, I, the name slips on mine, um, but there's also another service group that uh, we are out there in the community um, doing things. I also ask people, you know, hey, you need me to shop for you? Uh, you I can go to grocery shopping for you if you need me to go pick up supplies, you know, run errands for you, whatever whatever the case may be, you know, cut grass, like whatever, whatever needs to be done, whatever I can do to help, I'm more than willing to help. And uh, people appreciate it, and it, it makes me feel good, and it gives me something to do. There you go. There you go. Talk to us a little bit about Kiwanis, because I've heard of Kiwanis, but it's been a little while since I've been really plugged into Kiwanis. I'm more familiar with Rotary International. Mm -hmm. um, so share a little bit about Kiwanis with us. What is that organization all about? Kiwanis is very similar to uh, to uh, Rotary, and uh, it's basically a service group, and volunteer to sign in uh, sign up and do uh, certain acts in the community uh whether it's you know working vendor events giving out free pe pretzels um uh 
like volunteering to, to go um, uh, speak with kids, to do things with kids. We have a, a scholarship fund that we give out, you know, put money into a pot um, to help kids that are aspiring to go to college, things of that nature. So it, it's it's a very wide array of things that Kiwanis does, and I'm, I'm honored to be a part of it. So it's growing up, I never thought, you know, I never knew of groups like this. I never thought that I would ever be a part of things like this, but to be a part of something like that, and it helps me see a bigger picture. It's not you, just me and my family. Yeah. Would you say that your time in the army really helped you to want to be more involved with the community and really have that support? Like, do you think the army impacted that? Uh, Yes and no. I'll say my time on deployment did. Um, when I deployed, you know, I, I believed in everything that I was fed. Uh, you're going to war and you're, you know, they're the enemy. But I was fortunate to, I was a FOBIT, which uh, for those who don't know, FOBITs are the soldiers that are confined to a base. They don't leave the base. We don't go out and, you know, fight the bad guys. Um, so I was a father and I, in my job, I worked at the ECP, the entry control point, which is the front gate. And I was, uh, in transportation. We brought in the trucks for the base, the supplies, the food, you know, food, water, or not water, but food, um, whatever supplies that was shipped from another base. We used the foreign nationals to drive the trucks. That, that was the government's way of employing their people. Um, so they would drive the trucks from base to base. We'd bring the trucks in and, uh, get on base, unload the supplies and drive, drive, you know, they go about their business. Um, so I was fortunate enough to um, interact with the foreign nationals. And when I first got there, I was very standoffish. Don't talk to me, you know, eyes forward, you know, kind of thing. And uh, as time went on, we loosened up. They're always so happy. So it, it became to me like these people, they have far less than us, but they seem happier. They don't look at us as, you know, bad people. They want help as well. So it was, it was an eye-opening experience for me that, like, to appreciate life and just to see someone less fortunate, they're, they're happy because they're together. Mm. Whereas, you know, I see people that, they have more than us, you know, even here in the stateside, they have more than others, but they're unhappy. It's, they're very alone. So I'm, so I, I come back here and I'm like, once I get into business, like I want to get out in the community. I want to do things. I want to bridge the gap um, any way I can to, to step up and help people. It should be a close knit community. We, we should all know our neighbors. We should all, you know, pitch in if we all stuck together. Um, Basically, one of the times that, as a kid, that I remember this country sticking together, 9-11, you know, I, I remember the country coming together in any way, shape, or form, whatever you needed. Like, you know, it just felt like everyone was one. It was, you know, no, no color, you know, no gender involved. It was, we were all one. Um, so I, I think if, in my belief, if we can all get back to that, um, that's what I strive to do and make a benefit any way I can. I love that, Dontavious. That's a great heart. And that that really is interesting to think about, too. The people who have less actually have more, in a way. Mm -hmm. 
because they have, they maybe have less, but they're happy with everything that they have. And yeah, if we I, can figure I, out how to internalize that, we would be happier too. Yeah, I, from watching them, I learned how to enjoy life, enjoy the little things. Mm-hmm. So once I came back, you know, like I was, I, I went through some things uh, injury wise and uh, it was a very tough time, but I was able to stay positive because of some of the things I learned from them, just watching them, you know, I learned a little bit of their language, communicate very little, but uh, it was just, I, I was appreciative. I didn't blame myself. I didn't get down on anybody. I, I was just like, how can I make this a, into a positive? How can I grow from this? Now, I, I learned a lot during that deployment. It, it helped me mature a lot. Those are some great questions that you are asking yourself. How can I learn from this? How can mm-hmm. I be a better person from this? What can I gain or glean from this experience? Those are all questions that probably have served you well in business. It has. It has. I try to treat every 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 person I meet as family, um, not just a customer, not just a client. Like, you mean more to me than that. Like I said, this community, you know, if I can treat everyone as family, I'll do right by them. You know, if, if it means whatever, I have to give money out of my own pocket to make a situation right, I will. You know, so I'll go above and beyond to make make anything right that I can within reason, um, within the law. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, that's a very specific thing there now. we got to do within the law? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I, I watch, I watch, I just finished watching Breaking Bad with my wife. Um, and <laughs> I don't want to, you know, I don't want someone to call me. Hey, remember that thing? Remember you say you do anything for the community? Yeah, I, I got this thing over here. I need help. <laughs> we need we need you to become the new Walter White. Like, could you? Yeah. No? no. Okay. Oh, I love that show. I love that show. It was good. That one was very very well that well written. Easy for me to say today. Yeah. I, don't know I told it. her that. I told her it's not usually her alley. Those type of shows. Uh-huh. Um, but she loved it. And I, uh, this was my, this was my second time watching it, and uh, I got pretty frustrated all over again. Uh, at at the wife, um, mm-hmm. what was her name? Um, Skyler, Skyler White. Yeah. She uh, she aggravated me. She did a great job acting, very great job. If an actor or actress can upset you from the role in the movie, like you hate that character, they did a great job, in my okay. opinion. And I, I hated her. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard. It's actually harder to, Brian and I were just talking about this. Brian's my husband. And mm-hmm. we were just talking about this. It's actually harder to write and act a good villain mm-hmm. than it is to write and act a good, good person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because you have to it. walk this line, this fine line of, um, being a bad guy, but you're not so bad that people are like, whatever, right? Mm. They have to care enough about you to hate you. There's like this really fine line that has to happen. And, and if you teeter too far to one side of the line, you've lost the audience either side. Right. And you're not getting the reaction that you want. So it's interesting. Yeah. I, I love a good, I love a good bad guy. Um, I love the the best villain I've ever seen. I don't want to get too far off topic. The best villain I've seen was Heath Ledger's uh, Joker in uh, 
I think the Dark Knight, Dark yeah, the Dark Knight. I think it was. Mm-hmm. That was the best portrayal of a villain I've ever seen. Um, it was it was incredible performance. He really was. <laughs> like he he went really in. So let's actually let's talk about how this applies to business too, right? So mm-hmm. he really embodied that character to the point that he actually ended up going crazy and he took his own life mm-hmm. during the recording mm-hmm. of that. Um, mm-hmm. Keith was such an amazing actor. So if we think about this from the business perspective, right? So the business owners that are listening, whether you agree or disagree with Dontavious doesn't really matter. If you like or don't like Heath Ledger's performance, that's fine. At the end of the day, though, we are our own superhero or our own villain. And it's up to us to decide which we are on any given day, in any given hour, in any situation. So how, Dontavious, do you help keep your minds straight so that you can stay the protagonist in your own story and not just and not the villain in your own story oh man that's a good question i don't know i just i just try to i try to stay positive i grew up in a lower uh economic neighborhood um and i've been in some tough situations but i just try to stay positive and not i'm tempted some days and I'm like, Hey man, like screw it. It's, it's, it's not worth it. Um, but I, I try to fall back on how far I've come. Mm-hmm. Is it worth risking and losing it all? Um, now that I have a son, you know, I got a, uh, total line and make sure I, I do everything the right way, uh, to teach him because he's going to follow me to a certain extent. Uh, so th- those are really the things I try to follow on. I try to, I guess a, a mental T chart, you know, the, the pros and the cons, uh, the good outweighing the bad. That's, that's, <laughs> it sounds lame, but that's pretty much how I manage everything. Just a, a mental T chart, a quick pro pro pros and cons situation. So when you're making decisions, business decisions for your business, do you leverage that mental T chart or do you kind of go through a, an entire process of making business decisions? That helps you come back down to this is what my son is seeing uh when i make business decisions no i kind of just I, I rely on the mental t chart but then I, I i also try to reach out to mentors and and people that can uh help me that have been there and done that um and i try to lean on them and and and, and pick their brains and see you know if they had successes and failures in these areas um a lot of times, you know, a lot of a lot of people feel they are alone and, you know, don't reach out to people. But, you know, people are willing to help if you ask, if you're willing to ask. So I try to get better at that and, and, and pick up the phone or a, a text or email. And, 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 and I don't try to put too much weight on them. But um, I'll slide in a question here or there and, and, and ask. That's a great point. So not being afraid to ask the question because you never know what the mm-hmm. answer is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's no harm in asking, right? Like, there's no That's harm right. in being curious and asking. That's right. The worst thing someone can say is no. Yeah. So but you like own that. a franchise, and I, I want to say one of the benefits to being a franchise, what, what do you think is the biggest benefit to being a franchise owner? Let me word it that way. Oh, biggest benefit would be uh, freedom of time, um, opportunity for money, and the biggest thing for me that 
pushed me over the edge and made me, you know, go through with it was uh, I want to leave something for my son. Um, if I can work hard and build my franchise up, I want to be the one to start generational wealth. Uh, hopefully he takes the reins and, and uh, pushes it further than I ever could. But I, I want that. I want to be the one to start that. Um, I look at a lot of uh, not celebrities, but people that are rich, influential, and how how they make their moves. And I want to do that. And I don't think I I want to limit myself. I don't think I would be Warren Buffett or Jeff Bezos. Um, but I mean, it would be great. <laughs> but even just to make a million dollars would still be successful. That's still more than enough than I've ever, you know, thought of making in my life. So that that would be a great start. I think that would be a great if I can build my brand to be a million dollars worth a million dollars, and I can pass that to my son. Successful. There you go. So you can do that though without being a franchise owner. You can do it on your own. But mm -hmm. I think you touched on it earlier about being this like. As a business owner, we sometimes kind of feel very alone and very mm -hmm. isolated. And it's interesting you brought it up because I had a conversation earlier um, about we're, we're not alone. We are, mm -hmm. as business owners, even if you're in a similar industry or if you're in an entirely different industry, you're still not alone because there are other people who have done it before you. They maybe just did it differently. Um, so I think personally, the benefit of being a franchise owner versus doing it yourself is you have the succession plan of the guy who created the franchise mm -hmm. on paper in front of you. Correct. But he's just told you what he did to be successful. If you follow the plan, you probably will be too. So there's at least that, like, here's the book of somebody who's done it before. If you can't find the answer in that book, how many other franchise owners are there throughout the whole country that you can call and be like in an entirely different state, way far away from where you are. So it doesn't conflict with your market space. Right. And be mm -hmm. like, Hey, I'm stuck at this one thing. Can you help me? Correct. <clears throat> that is uh that is definitely something that tied into it. Um, I could have went off on my own and, and did things, you know, I was in it before this, I, I could have went off on my own and did things. And it, I, I fell back on that. Well, if I messed up, who do I call? Mm -hmm. So it, it came, you know, down to if I can join a franchise, exactly as you said, I have help. Someone that's successful. I'm not alone. There's over 300 other Schoolie Mitchell uh, franchisees. So I can reach out to them with a question. I can reach out to head office with a question. And they're some of the friendliest people I've ever met. <laughs> so they're, they're, they're Canadian and I love their accent. So I, you know, it's great talking to them, and, and uh, they give me great, great advice. I'm just going to have to become Canadian, eh? <laughs> That's right, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I love it, too. I've got some friends in Canada, and it's awesome. Um, I love, love their accent. <laughs> I just love talking to anybody who's got an accent because I find it fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, and, and for me, it's funny because I'm from upstate New York originally, and so I moved down to North Carolina about 14 years ago. And people here like talking to me because I have an accent. But when I go home, they like talking to me because I have an accent. So apparently I now have an accent regardless of where I go. Yeah. That's awesome. Some people here hear an accent with me. I, I don't. I, I sound normal. I, to, to me, I don't hear an accent with you. Um, but, hey, it is what it is. 
Yeah, I don't know how some people can really are really good at picking up on accents and others aren't. Mm -hmm. uh, I am not one of those people. Like, if you're in the United States, you all sound pretty much the same to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, some places, uh, South Carolina, uh, Georgia, New York, New York's New Yorkers, or I guess the Northeast region, um, they they have very strong accents. I've, yeah, I've never. If you get into the Bronx, maybe, or into like yeah. an area, yeah. Yeah, you know that New York accent from yeah. from mile away. <laughs> <laughs> um. So with Schooly Mitchell, I I love what you do with Schooly Mitchell. You offer no obligation conversations with small businesses and you're doing a lot in the community already but tell us a little bit about what these conversations kind of look like what do they entail uh if you don't mind could you elaborate on that a little bit so like how you do the things that you do at schoolie mitchell oh man uh well, the the process is really quick and easy. We try to make it as painless as possible. We try to do a lot of the heavy lifting. Um, so the process starts with uh, first uh, us talking and, and, and understanding Schoolie Mitchell and what we do. And from there, it, it moves on to the, you know, the paperwork and fact-finding phase. We gather all the documents we need. Um, <clears throat> from From there, it goes into us negotiating with your with your vendors, uh, with your current vendor, and from there we move to look at two other options, two other options, uh, just in case uh, our client wanted to switch vendors. And let's say they did want to switch vendors, then we try to make that as painless as possible by setting everything up so it's a tr seamless transition. Our goal is to minimize downtime because downtime is a loss of revenue. So if we can. If you were to switch vendors, we hold no uh, ties to any vendors. We are independent, so we give objective advice from that aspect. But if we, whatever our client wanted to stay with the same vendor or switch vendors, um, we just try to make that as easy as possible to help save them time and money. That's beautiful. So you're really working to, to find alternative solutions for them so that they can be more efficient and more effective with their time, their budget, their resources? Correct. Correct. Okay. Yeah, time is, time, time is money. <laughs> time is money. So if you, as a business owner, if you have to spend time researching other companies, spend time, uh, you know, trying to sit on a sit on a phone sit on a hold spend time arguing back and forth with your vendors um let's just throw out at&t for example uh that's time wasted from your business here comes that's the time at&t no <laughs> <laughs> nice but that's that's time that's time wasted that you could have put towards you know maybe filing something maybe cleaning up something you know that's time you could have spent maybe talking to a uh, an employee. I mean, but alternatively, it's really important to do that due diligence. We were talking mm -hmm. in a conversation earlier with somebody else about the due diligence period. And if we mm -hmm. don't do our due diligence, what that could cost us. And so it's really important to have that due diligence 
and, and look into our options so that we have negotiation leveraging power as mm -hmm. business owners, right? Mm -hmm. Because if we don't do that, then we kind of are negotiating from a place of weakness. We end up negotiating because we need something, not because we need something and we know what's available. That is correct. That is correct. It's it's better to go in, and we don't we don't try to say, "Hey, AT and T." By the way, we're looking at Sprint, <laughs> but we'll go you know back and forth. We have we have relationships with. Uh, with uh, some of the vendors. So when we give them a call, we try to use the same rep as much as possible um, and do more business with them or, you know, hey, if, if our client has, using the same example, AT&T, and I have a rep in the area and I've already called him <clears throat> multiple times, it's, it's an easier process, it's faster than, you know, trying to reach out and establish a new relationship with a new yeah. client, a uh, new rep, sorry. You're good. Yeah, no, and that makes sense. So I think kind of what you're doing is you're saving your clients time by doing that due diligence factor for them mm -hmm. so that they can make informed decisions about what's going to make the most logical sense for their business. Correct. Correct. Awesome. Awesome. And with your passion projects, helping the community, being involved in Kiwanis and wanting to leave that legacy, are you finding ways to help your clients and help your vendors leave legacies as well for their whatever their purpose is or whatever their mission is trying my best trying my best i you know that's a good question um that's a good question to ask uh, some of my clients or uh, what some of their goals are as far as like leaving the legacy behind that's that's something i can follow up and ask um that's a good question it might be beneficial because I, I find that it does tend to help us build those deeper relationships and mm -hmm. you're very relationship oriented. I love mm -hmm. your heart for the community, for your family and your passion for helping others live simply. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. Now we, <clears throat> I like to, uh, I, I ask all my clients, you know, what do you do for fun? Um, you know, if, if you go bowling, I, I definitely want to get out there and bowl with you. I want to beat you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you a bowling master? I I I do everything. If it's competitive, I'm down for it. You know, it doesn't <laughs> matter. I'm I'm not I'm not a bowling master. My wife is. She uh, used to bowl competitively uh, as when she was younger, and she always spanked me, and it, it used to really bother me a lot. So I went and got my own balls, got my own shoes. I practiced and practiced. I lost her a ton until I finally beat her, and I talked so much trash. <laughs> <laughs> so. And you never played again, so you can end up on top, right now. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I haven't played her since. It's been two years. I haven't played her since. <laughs> there you go. That's all it takes. You just win once, champ. and then you're good to go. <laughs> That's right. I'm the champ. <laughs> That's right. You're the champ. Um, so what other um, sports and games and things do you like to get into? Oh, I, I love I love sports and games, football, basketball. Well, I'm, I'm older now. Knees not the same, so football is probably out. But I'll get out and play quarterback. Uh, but I, I play basketball. Um, I love cornhole. I'm into video, PlayStation, Xbox, uh, console games. Um, anything, anything that's active. Uh, before the coronavirus hit, I was in the. I discovered axe throwing. Um, uh -huh. That is. That is amazing. I love axe throwing. That is a new thing here <laughs> in North Carolina. Yeah, and it's like yeah. 
Apparently the thing to partner up axe throwing with drinking. I'm not sure I'm really comfortable <laughs> with a bunch of people who are drinking beer throwing axe. <laughs> yeah, that was the first thing I noticed. Uh, but, you know, when you're in that environment, I guess you just you just kind of partake. And, and I'll be honest, it's uh, – well, I was in the league. I joined the league. Um, those, those you drew, you really joined an axe-throwing league. I did. I did. I, I went to one practice. Uh, well, not one practice. I went to one axe-throwing with my wife. And uh, one of the, the the people that worked there, one of the ladies, she, she approached me. She said, oh, you're pretty good. I was like, yeah, it's my first time. She's like, wow, you should probably join the league. We have a, a league for uh, beginners and a league for veterans. And I joined the beginner league, and I lost – I, I probably split 50-50. I won just as much as I lost. But uh, some of those people are just – they're amazing to watch. It's its its amazing to see how accurate <laughs> – like, just I want to hit the bullseye, boom, hit the bullseye. I want to hit the, the, you know, top right of the board, I hit the top right of the board. It's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's like watching um... – champion darts players play and you're like how do you hit the spot the same spot every time it's every amazing time. <laughs> amazing so what i'm hearing dontavius is you're a really fun guy to hang out with i try to be i'm, I'm willing to do everything you know it's you got we got we got one life to live you know why not live it to the max i, I tell my wife you know don't say no to everything because you can miss out on opportunities you never know who you'll come across if you you know go somewhere so I, I try to get out whenever someone invites me to hey let's go out drinking hey let's let's go uh you know play darts let's go shoot some pool that's whatever I'm down I'm down I don't care <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna try to beat you I don't care how bad I am I'm gonna try to <laughs> <laughs> well it stinks that you're in Raleigh and I'm here in Winston because you're like an hour and 45 minutes away so mm -hmm. Not real convenient for getting together to go play the games, but maybe we can make something happen sometime because that would be a yeah. lot of fun. But I think you said something really important. It's not about whether you win or lose. It's about playing the game and having fun. Uh, no, it's definitely about winning and losing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it, is, it, is about, <laughs> no it is about, it is about, um, the camaraderie and the friendships and relationships it is it is definitely all about that um but in the back of my mind whether you know it or not i'm competing to beat you <laughs> <laughs> i may not say it uh and i definitely try not to show it um but I, i'm i'm i i, I want to win <laughs> jordan, jordan jordan was my favorite player growing up my favorite sports athlete and uh i try to look at things not so intensely as he did but i try to take that like if you win at everything, you'll be successful in life. Hmm. His goal was to win at all costs. I, I don't want to win at all costs, uh, especially seeing the Last Dance documentary coming out. But I, I, I want to win um, far more than I want to lose. And that's good enough. That's a driving passion. What's uh, You've mentioned a couple of really amazing people that you pay attention to and that you follow. So you mentioned mm -hmm. um, Michael Jordan, but you also mentioned – Warren Buffett. And when we first got to know each other a little bit, uh, you talked about a couple of Warren's moves and books and things that you follow. Are you an avid reader? I am not. That's my, uh, I guess that's one of my toxic traits. I need to get better at reading. Um, I throw on podcasts all the time, <clears throat> but uh, 
definitely need to pick up a book and read more. No, you don't. You just need to listen to the people who do. That's all. True, true, true. Well, hey, you know, people can say things and steer you wrong, you know. I mean, there uh, are successful people all over the world that have never read mm -hmm. a single thing in their life. True. True. Are there successful people who read every day? Absolutely. And mm. are, are some of the successful people who read every day touting reading every day? Absolutely. But can you mm. also be successful not reading, but you're still learning? You're finding alternative ways to learn? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Sure. I guess I, I, guess I want to be one of those people that like, uh, you know, they're up four, five in the morning, have you know, the gym time, time for meditation, then they're cooking breakfast, you know, kind of like a schedule that they stick to that they don't veer off as much. Mm -hmm. um, I want to be one of those people. It's very hard. <laughs> it's very, it's very challenging. But uh, that, that's what I that's my goal. Ultimately. It, it is it's hard to I am not a morning person. Mm -hmm. um, my alarm goes off at 6.30 and I usually roll out of the bed around 7, but mm -hmm. I'm just not a morning person. And honestly, I hate the alarm. I really don't want to ever have to wake up to an alarm clock again. One of my motivations mm -hmm. uh, is to make it so I never have to wake up to an alarm clock again. And yeah. it's not because I don't have the discipline, mm -hmm. um, because I do. And I think, but I think people who are able to get up at the ass crack of dawn and mm. get to it, uh, really have a lot more um, discipline than than I certainly do. So yeah. if you yeah. can make that happen, <laughs> my head is off to you. <laughs> yeah, the, the, trick, the trick is to just get up. Don't, you know, obviously, you know, turn off your alarm, but don't hit snooze. Once it goes off, just get just get up. Once you get up and maybe go use the bathroom, uh, you know, I have upstairs and downstairs, and I walk down to maybe get a drink of water. By the time I come back up, I'm wide awake. Uh, <clears throat> so I, I realize that's that's the trick, um, especially you know my time. I try to lean on my time in the military. You know, there was no snoozing. That you know, they come in if you, if you wake up at three o'clock, they come busting in your room. You know, three o'clock, that's it. You're getting up. So I try to think of it in the same aspect. When your alarm goes off, if now if I want to get up, I, I just get straight up. Yep. If I hit snooze, I'm never getting up. <laughs> so I know I'm not alone in this camp. I know many of our listeners are probably in this camp too. Your alarm clock is your cell phone. Mm -hmm. Yep. And you keep it right next to the bed. Well, mm -hmm. that's the problem. It's too easy to just reach over and whack the thing. And that is correct. That is correct. Yeah. I was Put it across the room. Yeah, put it across the room. I was talking with a friend of mine who um, has grown kids, and she was telling me a story about her daughter um, last weekend. And she was like, I told them that you were going to pay me $5 per mile if I have to drive you to school because you mm. missed your bus. Mm. She, never had to, she never had them pay her ever to drive them to school. But her daughter, the first night that she told her kids this, her daughter – Puts her alarm clock. Now, this is in the days of alarm clocks, so I know all of you youngins listening to this don't know what the hell an alarm clock is. <laughs> but she took her radio alarm clock, and she stretched it as far as she could from the outlet into the middle of the room. And her mom came in that night to check on her to make sure she was going to be good to get up in the morning and not miss her bus. And she mm -hmm. sees the alarm clock stretch, and she's like, she's going to be up. No worries. <laughs> 
I'm not, I'm not right. charging her $5 in a mile because she's going to be up. And the yeah, son didn't right. do that. And she went to her son and she was like, I will try on twice to knock on your door to make sure that you're awake. And the second time, if you are not up, you will be paying me $5 per mile to take you to school. Mm. And sure enough, the next morning she had to go knock on his door a couple of times. Right. So she knocks on his door and the second time she's like, so you're going to pay me $5 a mile, huh? <laughs> I like that. I'm gonna keep that in mind for my son when it comes time. <laughs> he got his butt up. She's like, Terry, I kid you not, the whole time he's getting ready for school. Mind you, he didn't pay me the money. The whole time he's getting ready for school, he's grumbling five freaking dollars a mile. She's like, the whole time, the whole hour it took him to get ready for school, he's bitching about the five dollars per mile. He still made it to the bus, so he never had to pay it. <laughs> that's funny i'm gonna use that get up get up and get busy right yeah have just get up and get out of bed i'll say that again have a routine yeah it's, it's great to have a routine man it's i love when i have a routine it's it, it's less chaotic i don't feel the stress so what's your success routine oh man i try to make sure i you know i take care of my son in the morning and then get to my computer. Well, sorry, let me backtrack. It starts, in my opinion, the night before. I put out a call list of who I need to call um, the next day. I try to, if I, if I want to make 10 calls, I try to make 10 call, a call list of 10 calls. If it's 15, whatever. I print out a call list. The, the next morning, I get up, I take care of my son, get him situated. Um, from there, I go and I, you know, if all my meetings are scheduled, I bang out, you know, my meetings, my calls. And uh, go from there. Yeah, I just try to make sure I structure my day the night before. Because um, if I wait the day of, I'm I'm everywhere. I I I I can't focus on one thing because I'm worried about every other thing, and I'm trying to remember and make sure I didn't forget anything. So mm -hmm. I think my success routine is the night before. Probably make sure everything is taken care of before I go to bed. That is a great tip, and that is definitely one that I think business owners everywhere can follow. We oftentimes make our to-do lists, and they're sometimes longer than our arm. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know about you, but mine grows every day. It doesn't shrink, it grows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My arm doesn't, the list does. My arm doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, so we run into the overwhelm very quickly. So how do you deal with overwhelm? I back away. Hmm. Simple as that. If, if I get overwhelmed, I, I try not to let it bother me. I take a step, take a step away. I go sit down, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes, you know, whatever it takes, just quiet time. Um, when I worked, uh, for another business, if I had to go to the bathroom, I'd, I'd go to the bathroom. If I had to go outside, whatever it is, I just step away. I put it down. Um, you can't think clearly when you're stressed. And oftentimes, like, I don't know if you ever, like, look for something. And because you're running short on time, you're getting stressed. And when you calm down, you step back, you, you, see, you see it in a spot that you check three or four times. But you always glanced over it because you were so stressed, you, you overlooked it. Um, so that, that's, I think that's my key. I just I step away. I put it down, take some deep breaths, like a meditation type breathing, slow, deep inhales and exhales. Um, 
and I go back to it and bang out whatever I need to bang out. So what you need is always right in front of you. And when you're stressed out, you don't see it. I, me and my husband call that our blind spot. It's right in front of our face. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'm like, I'm stressed and I'm, I'm rushing. And I'm like, Where, where's my keys? I'm, I'm searching everywhere for my keys and my keys are on my hand. I don't realize it. I'm, I'm thinking of everything else. And when I stop, I'm like, dude, the keys are in my hand the whole time. Five minutes. I just wasted five minutes. <laughs> so it's, sometimes you gotta, you gotta stop and, and relax, gather yourself. Yeah. yeah. Collect yourself. Yeah. Removing That's right. That's a great right. tip. Dontavious, you have been so much fun to talk to. I've really enjoyed this conversation. So the Thank last you. thing I want to ask you, because I want to be aware of your time and our listeners, mm -hmm. what's the best way for them to get in touch with you if they want you to come in and help them do the due diligence for their business? Well, first of all, thank you for your time. Thank you for inviting me on this. I had a great time as well. Uh, for those who can't tell, I'm super nervous. <laughs> if you can't tell, but a uh, great way to reach me. Um, you can email me, dontavius.thomas at schoolymitchell.com. Um, or you can reach me by phone, 704-743-7877. Um, phone and email, that's the best way. Okay, great. Well, I so appreciate you being here. I know our listeners have too. This has just been a fun conversation. We talked about a lot of things, but they all tie together in terms of keeping that peaceful mind, remembering to be grateful for the things mm -hmm. that you have, mm -hmm. and, and find your happiness even in the challenges because the happiness still lives there even in challenge. That's right. Everything, everything is a learning Everything is a learning lesson. You can learn a lot from the good and the bad. You learn more from the bad, but yeah. <laughs> That's very true. We do. We do learn more from the bad. Well, thank you so much, Dontavious. And, and I'm going to stick with your three musketeer, Dontavious, the musketeer. You want Dontavious in your corner. <laughs> you do. You do. I'm your, I'm your watchdog. I fight for you. That's right. Cool. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you, Terry. I appreciate it. Take care. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you've enjoyed the show, help us share it by leaving us a review. Also, make sure to follow us at SpinFrogs, that's S-P-I-N-F-R-O-G-S, at Facebook and Instagram to be notified about our future episodes. This is your official invitation to an event, a happening, a movement. Lines of Love and Unity to Celebrate Beauty and Diversity. Thursday, July 30th, 2020. Your local time zone from 12.05 p.m. to 12.35 p.m. Get more information on the Facebook page and the Facebook event and the Facebook group, Lines of Love and Unity to Celebrate Beauty and Diversity. See you there.